0: they on the mountain top. There in the everyday animal. the core affirmation of this Christian faith, the abiding promise at the center of it all is that Jesus Christ is not just a wise teacher who left a lot of good lessons for living and then died way too young. Yes that But the scandalous trust that is the bedrock of our faith is that Jesus Christ is here, present with us now. That he lives. That the last word was not, after all, the cross. That in some way on the far side of our mortal imaginations, he is with us now, living, empowering, guiding, and strengthening with his presence. always complaining about road construction, that's for sure, but it feels like Minneapolis has taken it to a new level in recent months. Are you with me? I mean, every time I'm going to make a run down to Bloomington to visit mom and dad, I have to pull up Google Maps and see which way is not available to, uh, to head south. But we can imagine a day, well we kind of need to imagine a day when it's all done, when all the work is completed, all the renovations and construction is finished. We have perhaps one of the most familiar passages of scripture in front of us this morning, Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus in this message is casting a kind of vision on a cosmic scale Jesus imagines what a completed, all-fixed, no longer, longer under construction humanity looks like. This whole sermon paints a picture of the kingdom of heaven. And in the description, it is not what I uh, see around me in my day-to-day life. It's not what I see when I look out at the world. I, I see that blessed are the powerful, you know, Blessed are those with good education. Blessed are those with housing and health care. Blessed are those who were born into privilege. Jesus paints a different picture of this ideal scenario, this final reality, that perfection where God, the God of love reigns over all. The 12 verses we heard are named for uh, the Latin word for blessed or Blessed. Uh, The Beatitudes, this word begins each verse, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers. The vision that Jesus lays out in this sermon portrays a kind of moral completedness, even a perfection, and it sets the bar so high over our very human heads that it looks and feels impossible to reach. And truthfully, like the total completion of all road construction in and around Minneapolis, I guess it is impossible, right? But the point is, you have to be able to imagine it, You have to hold the ideal in your moral imagination so you can reach for it. This one thing I do, Paul said recently, forgetting what lies behind, I press on toward the goal. At the end of chapter 5 in Matthew, this same chapter that begins with these Beatitudes, Jesus sums, sums it all up by saying, Be perfect, therefore, as your Father in heaven is perfect. The Greek word translated here is perfect, is telos, and most scholars agree that it could also be translated completed. Like local road projects, you and I are never going to be telos, right? We're, We're not going to be perfect, we're not going to finally be completed, at least not in this life. The point is, we've got to be able to imagine where we're supposed to be headed in order to... Head that direction. You know, build a better me, we say. Martin Luther has been getting a lot of attention as we celebrate this 500th anniversary of the Reformation. One of the very lovely things that Luther wrote, and he wrote a lot, was this. This life is not righteousness, but growth in righteousness. Not health, but healing. Not being but becoming. We are not yet what we shall be, but we are growing toward it. The process is not yet finished, but it is going on. This is not the end, but it is the road. All does not yet gleam in glory, but all is being purified. You know, every so often we change the language of our corporate confession that we begin our services with. And today happens to be the first Sunday of a new confession that we spoke together just a moment ago and every once in a while I read the language of the confession and I and I think you know these people aren't they're basically pretty good people right I mean it it sounds just a little bit harsh when I read it we confess the ways we live only for ourselves that's what we just said together we fail to see you Lord in our neighbor's face we turn our ears from voices that cry out. We pass by the hungry and the oppressed. In a moment, we'll read a list of names of people who have died during this past year. We often call them saints. This is all Saint Sunday even though we know that not one of them was perfect. All of them were under construction, if you will, until the day they died. We'll also read the names of those baptized here at Prince of Peace, a lovely tradition. We dare to call all the faithful saints in this Protestant sense. We use the word even though none of us would claim to be perfect or completed. So, given the inescapable fact of our imperfection, how dare we trust that all will be well in the end? How dare we trust that all is well for the names of the imperfect people we are about to read? How dare we trust in it for ourselves? fallen, and falling as we are. Do this for the remembrance of me, Jesus said. In one of our communion liturgies, we say, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. So, when you come forward, in a little bit, look at the cross. Do this for the remembrance of me. But see also the dove representing the presence of the Holy Spirit that calls us together, sanctifies and enlightens us in the one true faith. See also the sprig in the dove's mouth, reminding us of the promise of new life that always comes and, and speaks the final word, even after great loss, even after death. Or if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Remember, but remember his whole life. See him holding the children on his knee. Remember the Sermon on the Mount. Remember the parable of the prodigal son, the woman at the well, the thief on the cross. Today you will be with me in paradise. Remember the promise of Easter morning. Remember it all. Do this for the remembrance of me. But don't just remember the past. The core affirmation of this Christian faith, the abiding promise at the center of it all, is that Jesus Christ is not just a wise teacher who left a lot of good lessons for living and then died way too young. Yes, that. But the scandalous trust that is the bedrock of our faith is that Jesus Christ is here, present with us now. That he lives. That the last word was not, after all, the cross. That in some way on the far side of our mortal imaginations He is with us now, living, empowering, guiding, and strengthening with his presence. I feel that presence. I see it in your eyes. I see it in your lives of faith and compassion and generosity. And on this All Saints Sunday, the gospel proclaims, That all who are in Christ, those living now, here and those who have died, all are somehow gathered in Christ and are present and accounted for in this sacrament with us around this table, this table that spans all distance and all time. This is the communion of saints that we sing about with the church on earth. And the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. So the construction continues. But what God is completing in us is just beyond our imaginations. So we will let this beautiful reading from the seventh chapter of Revelation cast the vision we are moving Forward toward into. We will remember that this vision, this vision of God's kingdom was given at a time when the church was under great persecution. That this promise of hope and life is ours. After I looked, and there was a great multitude And all the angels stood around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, singing, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, robed in white, and where have they come from? I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. And he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason, they are before the throne of God and worship Him day and night within His temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. And here is the promise of All Saints Sunday. Here is the promise of life that comes in the midst of sorrow and loss they will hunger no more and thirst no more the Sun will not strike them nor any scorching heat for the lamb at the center of the throne will be their Shepherd and he will guide them to springs of the water of life and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes this is the gospel of our Lord. This is the promise of life spoken to each of us. It holds us together around this altar. We are the church on earth. We are the host of heaven. And everyone is accounted for here this morning. As you come forward, see the cross. See also the Holy Spirit dove. and See the sprig that says new life is coming. New life has arrived. The kingdom of heaven is here. You are chosen, forgiven, loved, child of God. Let's stand and profess our faith in Father Son.